last time on Exiled. The team had their fateful final battle with Merlin, with Merlin capturing the team, causing members of the team to incapacitate themselves. And Cliff, the team's dad, took the moment to free them all, forming a massive mech. And now as he seeks to make sure that everybody in his family gets home fine, that's where we're going to join the team this week on the final episode of Exile. My name is Sam. I play Cliff Steele, the Negative Man, a former stunt car driver who was in a terrible accident and merged with the Negative Spirit. I'm Devin, and I play Peter Parker, Spider-Man, a Spider-Man who lost both his Aunt-Man and Uncle Ben and was adopted by investigative reporter Ben Urich. I'm Jen. I play Patches Walker, the former teen reality star who sold a super-powered cat suit and became the Hellcat. And I'm Charlie. I play Bethany Broadoak, Psylocke, a mutant telepath and former member of the Britannic Empire. And I'm Luke, your Game Master. Let's get this over with. We shift our attention for a second to New York City, where our adventure started years ago now. The damage of these Spider-Man clones has been forgotten, S.H.I.E.L.D. has disbanded, and in its place is Webb. The Welcoming Others board, composed of the spider people using their intellect as clones of Peter Parker to make the world a better place. Across the city, everyday citizens with enhanced abilities swing from building to building using webs, if they choose. And down on the streets, Craven the Hunter, face cleanly shaven, turns the sign around on his deli and goes inside to a cup of coffee handed to him by his partner, Peter Parker. They kiss for a moment, and then Craven goes to the back and unwraps a fresh hunk of roast beef and begins slicing. We cross over to another world on the campus of what was once MIT but has been rebranded as the ICT, Institute of Celestial Technology. The Eternals, having found a dread secret of their origin, turned instead to helping humanity reach their full potential to meet the massive cosmic threat that awaits them in the future. In the main building, Jubilee Hall, a team of researchers working together connect humans together to form a new Unimind before being distracted as a whistle and then drums kick in coming down from the field outside, where the ICT football team comes out led by their mascot, the Warlock, the Warlocks stand against their rivals, the Kidvid Scorpions, and as the football game commences and the bitter cold of fall flows through the air, they stop for a moment before the football players take flight. We cut then to another world and a large bandaged figure running. The space detective has hit the end of his line as the last safe world of Nowhere 3 has been compromised. The Brood. Enhanced with cosmic energy, pour across the walls towards him. The other refugees were captured long ago, converted to the brood, 
now unstoppable cosmic entities. He stares the oncoming horde down, knowing this battle and this day will be his last. So we cut back into the garage on the Panopticron as Cliff drives the ship into it, parking it, not smashing uh, into it. And I think he's a fair bit panicked, actually. Okay. Like okay. I think maybe it's a bit of a hard landing, and like he's he like pulls everyone out. Sorry, what did you have some here? Oh no, no, uh, that's. That's fine. There's uh, medical crews that are waiting, and uh, Billiard Balls is there, and he says, Oh, uh, Cliff, you, you, you made it back? Oh, oh shit. What happened to everybody? What? No medics! Time. Medics! Yeah. Here, here. Come on. See, I'm a better driver than him. You're a better driver than me, Patches. That's right. Come on. Uh, now, pay attention. This guy's got a pen light that he wants you to look at. Okay. I think it's okay. I think it's everything's. I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Everything will be okay. And uh, like we zoom out on that as people are getting moved onto stretchers and they're getting patched up. And we'll we'll do some intercession stuff here. So I think we'll check with uh, well Cliff. You're you're the one who made it out more or less intact, and like even your van showed up following behind, like maybe ten years later or ten minutes later. <laughs> ten years wow. later, just an, an old like there's a beard growing outside of the the, the bandages, and he looks up. Well, I'll be. I thought you were gonna say there was a beard growing off of the van's front. Also, yes. <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> okay sorry yes hello uh yeah and your van appears and it's already starting to restructure itself after patches rammed into it or rammed it into a magic barrier like a battering ram yes i i mean that may have been what cliff would do yeah but Cliff probably would have been more effective because of his spiritual connection to the yeah. band. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Cliff, do you think that you grew closer to the team, grew into your own image of yourself, or grew away from the team? I think I grew more into an image of myself because I was effective. Because Cliff is used to not being able to protect everyone and by god he did it fair enough uh unintentional so... stone cold i mean jr right there <laughs> yeah, it's very unintentional JR. Like, uh, how are you shifting your labels as a response um danger minus one and i feel like savior would go up, yeah. I mean, just using the words I just said, I would imagine <laughs> kind of plugs in the savior. Yeah. And uh, you get back, and uh, Mr. Sinister is there waiting for you, which I think you're probably not super happy nope. to see her because your family is there. Cliff, 
How did your invasion go? Well, everyone's on a stretcher, so, you know. A successful party. I am not in the mood. She looks at you for a second and then just turns around and says, Fair enough. You know where to find me. Uh, Cliff didn't even look at her, I would also like to say. like, Oh, yeah. Uh, just wait. Yes? I care about stuff a lot. Okay, clearly I care about it more than you do. If you want to keep seeing me, I need to know that you care about literally anything that doesn't serve your interests. She looks you over. I'll roll me a provoke someone. For once, I'm doing this without threats of violence, so it'll just be a normal. Uh, so that's plus superior. Shit. Or actually, I think that might be Pierce the okay. Mask. Which is plus mundane. Which is much better for you. Eight total. All right, you get to ask a question on the list. What do you intend to do? Given what I've said, what's Mistress Sinister's next step? Cliff, you want someone who can see these people the same way that you do. I'm not that person. I've been around for centuries. I've seen people come and go. I've fought against death itself myself. I've seen those who have claimed to be immortal die. I find caring for things on a deep level to be wholly unsatisfying to me, but I can still find enjoyment in the time that I can spend. If that isn't enough for you, there are many other people here who I can spend my time with. But if you can accept that, I want to spend that time with you. I can't accept it forever. Well. But I can accept it for tonight. Fair enough. And you don't strike me as the type who's going to be cursed to be immortal. Clifford. Not if I have anything to say about it. She smiles and then stands next to you and puts an arm on your shoulder. From there, we move to the colder United Tribes of Canada, the name being a work in progress, as the Council of First Nation representatives and Cree alien supporters work to establish a new government. The surrendering of rights was met with negative feedback from other Western governments, rightfully fearing their own uprisings by indigenous peoples. But for tonight, things are quiet as the moon hangs over the freshly laid snow, before being met as Michael, two young men, drives through it in his pickup truck, burning some midnight oil.
in another New York City. Kate Bishop looms large over the city as her first officially elected term as mayor begins. The tribes of New York City have been quelled after the gorilla curse and the lizard plagues were lifted. The subway is now a free utility for residents and guests. Run through the restored underground as a result of millions of dollars of work completed using resources that were abandoned by the ultra-rich years ago. She takes a sip of whiskey to celebrate. Meanwhile, in the Mojoverse, Exo flips through tapes of his upcoming shows he has planned. Win a Day with Patches Walker was a success, but the 25 spinoffs led by clones lacked that zing, that zest, that zeal. And his best Patches replacement vanished months ago. Axo flips through the numbers and charts before throwing them into the trash. A knock comes at the door as a pair of spineless ones hand him a newspaper. He's being replaced by someone younger, more youthful, someone supported by the new producers. The reign of Axo is over. Now Sibo is in charge. At the Future Foundation, Sam Summers looks up from her homework and into the sky of New York City. The night is abnormally clear of clouds, and in the sky, there is nothing beyond the moon. She looks, seeing, wondering why nothing else is out there, why this world is only one. But there is no answer to her questions in the silence, and alone, she returns to work. On the Panopticon in the garage, the team is working to fix whatever vehicles they can. A large number of vehicles have been getting damaged just while sitting around by a mysterious culprit. As one of the members, Overdrive, looks over a new vehicle, one with pink glittery coating. The vehicle wakes up for a second and tries to scream, issuing a loud honk. Overdrive backs up in surprise. Ariel, yes, that is her name, attempts to signal for help, her symbiote arms breaking free from the tires that they were wrapped around. Overdrive runs off, though, and then suddenly, Ariel's mental conditioning kicks back in, and she lays dormant until she is to be driven once more. Elsewhere in the Panopticon, Bethany Whitman, the witch, looks over cosmology charts and graphs against the data that she has been asked to retrieve by Amora, her recently returned friend from the Future Foundation. Rumors of the Phoenix Force at the core of Camelot Eternal containing Jean's intelligence has piqued her interest. Mainly Bethany's interest to get revenge. Uh, I think we then cut over to uh, Spider-Man, who is regaining consciousness. And, uh... Yeah, Billiard Balls is there. Hey, Pete! Uh, you, you, you awake now, buddy? Uh, where, where, where am I, Mr. Balls? You are I'm, in the infirmary. I'm dead? No. We prevented you from dying. Oh. Mm-hmm. Did we, did we stop whatever... Yeah, Cliff turned into a uh, big kaiju, and, uh, I mean, we gotta turn off the machine first, but that's a whole nother thing. Turn what machine off? 
uh, Camelot Eternal. Uh, why didn't you do that yet? Uh, I think you have one of the keys that we need. I think Patches has it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, Peter, how are you doing? And, uh, Spider-Man, did you grow closer to the team, grow into your own image of yourself, or grow away from the team? I would say grow into my own image of myself. Alright, you get to shift your labels. Uh... And it's going to be rough for you because you've totally min-maxed everything. Yep. Actually, I think mundane would go down one, but freak would go up one. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Well, uh, Peter, I mean, the good news is you're free to go back home if that's what you want. I mean, I do like being part of this family, but I, 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 I don't know. So the things they do that it's I, I, morally I can't abide by it. I I understand. And uh it's heavy is the uh, head that wears the crown, you know, buddy. Yeah. I, I do. Listen, whatever you whatever you want to do, I will do my best to uh, give you a hand, all right? Thanks, Mr. Boss. I, I could at least use a vacation. Hey, <laughs> I know what you mean. Well, catch you on the thwip mode. Can I have a white claw? <laughs> no, Peter. Oh. You're, you're, you're healing... But he is a white claw jello. You're in a hospital. <laughs> jello. It's a white claw jello, jello shot. Okay. Okay, Peter thanks, hospital. <laughs> they brought oh. that in special. What a bad hospital. You know, hair of the dog that bit you, and then also you need some of the alcohol to clean that dog bite. Oh, God. In Orlando, as he rides down the street in an open-roofed car waving at the crowds, newly elected governor of Florida Richard Rory smiles. After helping to elect John Denver to office, he found a much more successful course as a politician himself, and he has decided to fix the state of Florida, pushing for workers' rights and an end to corporate influence in politics. With a sudden crack, though. He is taken out by a single bullet through the head. From his post, the sniper calls in that the shot was clean and the job is done, and he runs off, heading towards a large castle in the distance. In another world, a throng of people dressed in white robes gather in a large chamber where a flat metal sigil, easily twenty feet tall, rotates inside a fountain. A figure comes out from a balcony to stare at all of them and bellows. Another year has come, and the fountain shall anoint those whose time is at an end. 
as he says this, the water in the fountain turns green, and the spinning of the sigil starts to speed up. The water of the fountain splashes onto members of the crowd. Some of them are unaffected, as the green liquid simply stains their robes. But others, touched by the cursed water, shrivel and die. Their time at an end. After minutes of surprisingly calm murder, for none would disobey their leaders, the water resumes its normal color. The water resumes its normal color and the crowd leaves, and the gorilla on the balcony calls in his robots to dispose of the dead. In Westchester, New York, the newest batch of students at the St. Croix School for Excellence are gathered into the auditorium as the staff waits. Running through the back door of the stage, several minutes late is Professor Jubilation Lee, who got caught up helping another student having a moment of crisis. At the edge of the stage, she pauses to catch her breath, straighten her shirt, and then walks out to speak. As she reaches the podium, she turns to see her friends and thinks back to the images that she had found on her phone, and the mystery that she abandoned to help shape the fates of so many, and she smiles. Jubilee made her choice, and holds no regrets. We turn to the Panopticrons and the space in between to one back towards the edges of reality. A ship that has been deactivated for longer than anybody can remember begins to hum and whir as it receives data. A mangled signal that has been refracted hundreds of times over becoming something utterly unreadable. As the computer struggles to process this broken code, the sentience of the ship docked and hidden away activates. Tensor! The ship asks, and nobody answers. Inside, the cloning machine starts to whir and begin a search for Nathaniel Richards. Closer towards the center of realities, we find a building sitting in an abandoned and destroyed panopticon. Inside is a small house made to look like a cottage, and in it, the remains of a even smaller coffee bar. A figure stands inside and stretches a hand, coated in reality-preserving material to grab a photo. In it, Quentin Quire and his partner Kamala Khan smile, dressed equally well with Quentin wrapping his arms around his girlfriend from behind. The figure in the suit pockets the framed photograph before leaving the building to resume work with the other scavengers in the ruins. Elsewhere, in another universe, Pandora Peters ties up her gi and goes to her monthly sparring match with Thor on the ruins of Mr. Claw's island. Thor greets her and the two bow before approaching the circle and match hands to one another, grappling. Thor suddenly lifts her into the air and tosses her, but in response she begins to right her movement and sends herself back towards Thor, becoming a human missile. The fight, far from over. In a small house in Connecticut, Sarah Thomas goes to bed. It's been a rough day for her ever since she took a soccer ball to the face and lost a tooth that now lies under her pillow. Her parents tucked her in minutes ago, and as she starts to drift off towards slumber, everything fades away. But her dreams turn sour, and she wakes up to see a young boy reaching under her pillow, and she screams, Lights turn on in the house, and the boy quickly reaches into his bag, pulling out three rolls of paper. 
as Sarah's parents enter the door. The boy tosses the paper that unfurl into sentient flat Stanleys and begins subduing her parents while the third deals with Sarah. The boy then steals the tooth and grabs the sheets, rolling them back into his bag and heading out into the night. And I think we then cut over to uh, Patches, who got pretty injured, but uh, I feel like Patches is probably already pushing at whatever lockdown they're supposed to have. Come on, I'm like not even very concussed. I'm fine. Uh, Patches, I need you to be calm here. This is Surgeon Ben Grimm. On Yancey Street, we had kids who would not want to uh, stay in the hospital all the time, and they just exacerbated their injuries. It's I mean, it's just a little bit of internal damage. It's... He always is fine. And uh, Patches, did you grow closer to the team, grow into your own image of yourself, or grow away from the team? I grew into my own image of myself. Oh, yeah. How are you shifting those labels? Oh, gosh. Um, what do I get to do? Um, shift one up, shift one down. Shift one up, shift one down. Okay, I'm going to move... Um, um, Danger up, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna move superior down. All right, and the uh, nurse leaves as billiard ball uh, comes in. Hey, Patches, how are you doing? <coughs> I'm great, ready to go back in whenever. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know you are, kid. You did such a great job with that car. I did, didn't I? I don't remember driving back. Nah, you did not do that. You uh, were very, very unconscious. I remember someone had like a cat toy and was swatting me with it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like green and made of light <laughs> that sounds pretty weird buddy uh well I wanted to uh, let you know if you uh, need and their voice crackles for a second if you're ever looking to get some more serious superpowers let me know and I will uh, keep an eye out for you, Patches. And the billiard balls, who is not actually billiard balls, leaves the room. Is he working on his radio voice or something? On another Earth, or where the Earth should have been, a small flame appears for a moment and then disappears. It's been doing this for another month on and off, growing larger each time. In a few months, it will become large enough to sustain itself, and there, Quit and Choir, a multiversal constant, will find purchase and return 
as the new phoenix. On another world, dark clouds hang over the sky, blocking out all of the sun as the dark baron watches from the castle, his gaze exploring his domain. He turns to look inside for a moment and feels unsettled, knowing there are those who would move against him, and his fears are quickly realized as with a loud roar, a beam of light, one of the eight luminaries fires from the small temple and cuts through the clouds, allowing true sunlight down into his cursed lands. The Baron swears a curse as he feels the sunlight sting against his skin, before he orders his Reaver of the Dead to deactivate it and to kill anyone else who would oppose the will of Baron Nemesis. Why do you spill your beans, Kennedy? Why do you spill your beans? Out on the borders of reality, in Sabanur returns to find his tomb destroyed and the prisoner released. With his agents dead, the mutant Apocalypse promises to find his two quarries. That who freed his prisoner and the prisoner himself. Using the magic energies he has on hand, he finds that escaped prisoner, Egress, caught serving a god and in combat eternally with a magician and pulls him through infinity but in that moment egress activates his powers and apocalypse constantine and egress form one being a form firmament we cut to another world older than when we last saw it Buildings have grown from the land without being built onto it. Granary and fecund life remain, surviving and incorporating into the computer systems that share the space with them. It is a day of celebration, and on this day, the symbols are allowed to stand apart from the world instead of being part of it. The god of black water, shifting and changing, represents the balance of consumption and creation. The white beast of the world who came to replace those whose time was ended stands tallest. The red forest dancer whose spirit returned after his death stronger and greater to drive those who would rule the world inspires all to remember a positive attitude can be an important tool. The green flame who fought to contain power through strife and who had earned the trust of friends reminds all that with great power comes a great struggle. And then the earthbound spirit, who ate a large number of ghosts and grew stronger from it, reminds everybody that there is strength to be gained from the past. So as it was years ago, and would it continue to be for the future. Elsewhere in Gotham City, Batman and Robin stand back-to-back -back as the dreaded Deacon of Doom, the chaplain, lowers them into a pool of sharks. It saves so much time to hold a baptism at the same time as a funeral, chides the poxy priest. As Batman reaches into his utility belt, he pulls out a batarang to cut himself and the boy wonder free. I'm sorry to say this, old chum, but your church of crime is out of service and the dynamic duo freed, subdued the Catholic criminal. And then last we go and check on 
Bethany, who I think beyond Cliff is the least banged up. And I was pretty uh, psychically tra- traumatized. Or at least stretched, well, like, pretty thin. It's time for some more of that good, good psychic trauma. Because, uh, well, Enchantress is there. You were supposed to go get a key. And, and she's grinning from ear to ear. I sent you to get a key, and you killed Merlin. I don't you... ever take half measures. You do not. Ugh. Bethany Braddock, you are everything I knew you would be could be we're all ready so I thought I lost what I was But I found something else. I'm stronger. More ruthless. Than anyone in that damn castle. Ever was. I watched them. Wait. The difference is. I know who to point it at. And it's not innocent people. I watched them misuse your talents for so long. You did very good work out there. And I think, um, are they alone? I'm assuming they're alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Enchantress made sure. <laughs> um, I think Bethany, like, reaches out and grabs your hand and pulls you close but not like just in that sexually threatening way you know that happens sometimes um but it's not it's like more sexy and less threatening but also it's kind of threatening oh yeah um and she says I didn't do it to impress you but, and she smirks a little, I guess it was a good side effect. I think, uh, um, Omora goes in to kiss you, may she? Yes. 
And when she pulls back, she, she looks at you and we could be an incredible team. You didn't want to before, but I hope we'll give it some thought. I have a feeling that once I get rid of this headache, I'll be able to think much more clearly. Should we draw a curtain there? Alright, that's, I think, as good a chance we're gonna get. And Bethany, did you grow closer to the team, <laughs> grow into your image of yourself, or grow away from the team? I think Bethany grew into her own image of herself. All right, so shift those labels. I think I'm going to shift. I think I'm going to shift. I'm probably going to shift, like, uh, superior up and maybe mundane down. Fair. So, your superior will be at plus one and your mundane will be at negative one. Uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> right now. As Wendigo pulls his truck back into the Panopticon, a call reaches his phone. Uh-huh, he says, as the situation is laid out on the other end. Uh-huh, that sounds pretty. But he's cut off for more exposition and he continues nodding through till the phone call ends. Listen, guys, I'd love to stay here and spend more time, but there's some people who really need to get eaten. I'll be right back. I promise, says Wendigo, and he takes off, leaving Hawk and Warlock behind. Back in his New York apartment, Eddie Blake takes a cigar from the humidor and lights it. As the clouds of disgusting smoke begin to leave it, a knock comes at the door. He swears under his breath and gets to the door, finding a small group of children dressed in Halloween costumes who chant, Trick or Treat. Eddie groans and then reaches to the side for a large bowl of candy, giving them all handfuls of it before sitting back down in his easy chair, dressed as Frankenstein's monster, as a small smile is on his face. In the cells of the Panopticron, Carol Danvers of the Britannic Empire sits in a power-dampening cell, broken and battered after her encounter months ago with Hawk and Warlock. Suddenly, a wave of electricity sparks through the cell, and Carol finds the door unlocked. She looks to find her cell and the others unguarded, and she quickly runs out, shifting the colors of her Union Jack-inspired suit into something more suitable to sneak around in, something more suitable for revenge. Elsewhere on the Panopticon, a feathery creature who ended up on board screams loudly for hamburgers before smashing its head against a random door in a hallway before quickly running off down the hall where it stumbled upon the room where little Benji Grimm was having his delayed bar bot bar mitzvah as the Starjammers get ready to perform their much-delayed concert. 
as they start to play Hava Nagila, Flash Thompson, Agent, comma, Venom, sees the interloper. You know, my friend, I don't know if you're supposed to be at this party. The creature turns inquisitively before screaming hamburgers and running towards the catering setup. Flash tuts for a second before seeing Mobius, the living vampire, capture the creature with his vision before feasting on the limited eternal plasma that was within the now-dead bird brain. In another universe, the Teen Titans and their new partner, the Brain, work to rebuild the world that was destroyed by the blood curse of Captain Britain. Using the teen skills of empathy and also mercilessly insulting him, the Brain reforms to become a better person as they start to restore the world using stores of DNA that Superman kept, just in case a majority of the human race was killed off. And, uh... Billiard Balls comes over to Cliff. Hey, uh, Cliff? Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, got the key off of uh, Patches. We are uh, going to turn off this base. If you want to come and watch me do the duty. Yeah. I think I owe them all that much. And the two of you walk into the room... And, uh, yeah, we're, uh, still getting calls in. We got a handful of them before. Uh, locked and loaded, sweeties. Hey, this is Madeline Pryor of the Whatever Team. That, and we have gotten our key from Stark. You're welcome. I had to juggle. Danny boy, we got our key. This is the new demon. We're still workshopping the name. But the point is, we have successfully infiltrated a particularly American version of the Britannic Empire's citadel and have retrieved the key from therein. Hey, hey, hey. Got that key. Wink. Hey, I got, I have like a bunch of keys with like all the same. They're like copies of each other. Act. Cool, we got that key you asked for. <laughs> We got the key, and we m- may have committed a murder. Twice. Yeah, uh, Triple J, uh, Daily Bugle, all the news, the only news, uh, we got the key. Uh, hey, so we got the key. Yeesh, uh, that is not good. That's like ten of them. Uh, you, you, you didn't loot any other keys off of the people you killed? Uh, I mean, you came across more fascists. I mean, you fought Merlin. You didn't think to get a key off of him? He exploded into light. Uh, We have the key we got off of Simon. That's it. Oh, uh, well... That's like 11 keys. We sent a lot of teams out there. That is not really good luck. Hi! Breaker 616, this is 4x4-arm. I got myself a key. 10-8 to your location. Bone here. I've got the key. This is blank, and we have a key. Hey, it's Clea. You know, the Sorcerer Supreme, I got your key. This is Sleepwalker reporting in. 
We have recovered a key. Checking in, this is Flatman of the Great Lakes Avengers. We have obtained a key. Repeat that, we have obtained a key. Over. Oh jeez, I got it's Shaggy here and I got the key and oh, oh, oh man, I think Scoob just killed some dude and everything went pretty crazy. Fred's definitely dead, but I mean, you know, who, that's not really a big deal. Oh, but anyways, I got the key, man. Oh, let's get some sandwiches, Scoob. Hi, this is Longshot and I have a key. Oh, wait, uh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day and I like fish it out of my back pocket. Ah, yeah, it has been a fucking long day. Well, uh, and he takes the keys and then just sticks them together in a massive power switch turns up or appears and he just turns it to off. For real. Yeah. British uh, ingenuity. Fucking wizards. Fucking wizards. I have lost so much money betting on them. Oh, 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 you didn't mean the sports. <laughs> yeah, it has been a long fucking day, Cliff. Luke named the sport that the wizards play. Okay. <laughs> Basketball. <laughs> I gotta keep you on your toes. <laughs> Bazinga. Uh-huh. They, they do. Oh, are we done? I mean, I think... Cliff, yes, we're done for now. I am going to go find Mistress Sinister. We're going to go back to my house. You're going to lock Pete out. Pete's in the hospital. He should be here overnight. And I, like, get really close to billiard balls for observation, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And anyone who wants to get a hold of me can forget about it for 48 hours. Sounds good. Unless it's one of them. Fair enough. Fair enough, Cliff. In another pocket of the Panopticon, Billiard Balls walks out of the room before his shape shifts as he grows two additional arms, and a six-pack replaces his normal paunch. The silver-haired Pilcrow smiles, setting up more things for Patches to deal with in the coming weeks to eventually drive him into his waiting arms. He shifts again into a nondescript form before shifting once more and entering his partner. Oh, honey, is that you? asks a voice. From the small kitchen of the apartment. It is Clark, calls Pilcrow in reply. Elsewhere, in the ruins of the Britannic Empire, a group of scavengers enter into the abandoned room of Captain Avalon. They've been tasked with keeping the silver keys that power Camelot Eternal and, in short order, his keys obtained. The scavenger continues looking over the room, though, and quickly locates a book on the shelf that feels different. Pulling it back, a wall opens and inside there is a tube with a man floating unconscious inside of it. The scavenger looks and reads the name James. 
and inside the tube, a man's eyes open. Mistress Sinister briefly gets out of bed where Cliff is currently unconscious and walks over to the bathroom where she has her purse. She pulls out a small compact and taps on it, activating the controls and a viewfinder opens, revealing Norman Osborne and Arthur Harkness trapped in an infinite void. They look up as the light shines through and Norman yells loudly, though no sound escapes the compact. Well... Arthur, his memory still missing, cowers in fear. Mistress Sinister smiles, closing it, and returns to bed. Billiard Balls returns to his office and sits down on his desk and looks at the reports coming in. The number is low, which worries him immensely. While the Britannic Empire was far less prepared than they could have been, the cost was still high. Hundreds of teams were caught up in the onslaught, more were caught in the labyrinth of Camelot Eternal, and there are teams that have still yet to return even after retrieving keys. And then something sends a chill up his spine as he watches the infinite shape of the castle contort as power briefly surges. He zooms in onto it and finds part of the castle that was previously destroyed is restored. He finds that gate against images from an hour ago and quickly watches the video and finds it looking almost every hour with horrors emerging in the same pattern, and every time it loops, the castle gains a bit more power, and that looping field grows. Something threatens to undo all of their work. The castle still lives. And that is where we end, this time on Exiled. Uh, hi, I'm Devin, and you can find me online at Fred Fetch, and you can also hear me co-hosting Multiversal Q with our Game Master, Luke. I'm Jen. You can find me on Twitter at StreetOverJen. You can find my artwork at StreetOverJen.com, and you can see all of the covers I did for the podcast at ExiledPodcast.com in the cover gallery. I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at Frunding underscore Loom also hear me on the rpg pals club an actual play DD podcast that we do with our game master luke you can find that at rpgpals.club or on twitter at rpg pals club and i'm charlie you can find me at genetic ghost on twitter and you can find my podcast the young ones that i host with my partner mikey and my our friend reed at the young ones cast on twitter as well and I've been Luke, your game master. Uh, at this point, it has been 175 episodes of Exiled. Woo! Yeah. Damn. Three years, baby! Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us, whether this is weirdly your last, your first episode that you're ever joining us on, which weird you starting kinda point mongoed this you you open yeah. the back page uh-huh i Although... also get stressed out by not knowing how stories end you're <laughs> fine you're valid it's fine you know my personal <laughs> philosophy always is just start at just start at the end and then work your way back mm. yeah if you're super invested you already know how it's over it's ending mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh but yeah we started this whole thing like three years ago almost to this day 
maybe a bit more it, and it was wild uh it literally spun out from zach xavier files tweeting hey i've liked these one shots that you've done you guys should do more and it then has become a weekly plus podcast that i've gotten to know and i've gotten to maintain friendships from that have been amazing uh jen and i are definitely much better friends than we were at the start Joined this because I tweeted, invite me to your D&D game <laughs> one day. <laughs> As, and yeah. Luke was like, hello. It's like how many people just insert themselves into situations. Mm-hmm. You know. And, yeah. And, well, like, Devin and I have been doing Multiversal Q for longer than this show. show. Yes. And uh, they are doing well. Yeah, go back and listen to some of those old episodes if you haven't yet. Because Jubilee, James, who never got to quit the show enough, you motherfucker. He will never listen to this because he never listens to the show. Thank you very much. Your feedback and your experience and background has helped me to grow as a person, understand my privilege, and... it's honestly been a privilege getting to know more about you and to be a better friend. Uh, and then Sam, yep. you there? I was cutting in and yeah. out there. I, I missed some of the nice things you said. <laughs> I said nothing nice about James. You can't tell me otherwise. You can't tell him otherwise. Mm-hmm. Sam, thank you for being part of this. You started off as an interstitial and then life happened (laughs) and uh you know you have helped to expand and provide so much more relationship and character energy to this both as hawk and then as team dad team daddy cliff had to do it team van thank you yeah thank you i mean that uh kaylee uh you came in you brought the gene energy that we needed early on in the show as another emotional force and you were a solid rock that we were able to depend on for the team i am glad that you were able to do that and you know maybe gene's going to be making a return sometime soon mm-hmm. i mean that mm-hmm. charlie Holy fucking shit! Uh, you came in on, like, the last two arcs and, uh, you, you ratcheted things up <laughs> like 20 notches. Extremely good. Uh, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, I don't do things in half measures, Luke. <laughs> no, no. Uh, like, you're, you're doing things on Powers of X. Ooh. yeah yeah Ooh. uh it's uh it's been it's been really awesome um considering i play another game of masks um and you guys are excellent and it's been my pleasure to play with you guys even if it was for a little bit um i'm glad you all enjoyed because i just 
um, bring the noise. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Jen, uh, thank you again for everything that you have done for the show, from covers to the promotion to giving me a lot of feedback that has helped me to improve as a game master and person. Like, I think part of the reason why the show is ending is nobody is where they were three years ago when the show started. We've all gotten opportunities to grow and change and start new things and as like hard as it is to have the show in slash it's kind of easy because doing this as a weekly thing has been a lot of work yeah it's a lot of work guys mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like it has been so rewarding and keep an eye we This isn't, like, the end forever. It's just the end of me doing weekly stuff. Minus, like, three weeks of annuals that I gotta figure (laughs) out what they're going to be. So. And all the other shows you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Look forward to the next project that is uh, tentatively titled. I say tentatively titled, but I totally bought the URL for it. Uh, Established Property Playhouse coming sometime next year. But, uh, yeah, and last of all, well, no, no, I also have to thank Abby, family, all the other people who have supported me IRL as I've made this wild, wild choice. Uh, thank you to everybody who has inspired me to go on to do the show and who has helped me to learn how to improve it through the various, uh, shows that they've done, um, James D'Amato, uh, Joel Ruiz and just so many other people who have helped me to improve as a game master and yeah and then last of all thank you to you the listeners who have made it this far in this very rambling unplanned outro that is off the cuff and highly awkward for I think everybody in here right now <laughs> Thank you for thank you for listening. Uh, this would have not happened if people weren't listening to it. And uh, yeah, uh, your feedback, your views, even if you never offered feedback, has been one of the reasons why I've enjoyed it. And hey. Now you can just tell your friends, yeah, this show is very good. It's done, except for these remaining episodes we've got to look forward to. So look forward to those in December. There's going to be some updates to the Patreon uh, that will figure out how regularly we continue this and what else comes out. And yeah, I think that's it. Exiled has been a weekly Exiled has been a weekly podcast for the past three years. You can check it out at exodpodcast.com. Check our cover galleries by Jen, by Royal, by Aster, by Madison, and I think that has been everybody who's been doing a cover. Oh, uh, also by Arthur Stacy, 
And I feel like I'm still missing red? one more person. Did we get red? Oh, I, I said red okay. second. Yeah. Uh, it all rules a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, all of the covers have been excellent. Oh, uh, yeah, I totally forgot about David Wynn, who did the second year annual covers. Uh, Warlock, who did the volume 24 cover. Yeah, just <laughs> so much excellent cover work. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I... Yeah, I think that's <laughs> If you enjoyed the show... Like, rate, and review us on iTunes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening. Catch you on the flip mode. Peace.